0: Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Um, my heart is full with thanksgiving and praise to God. See, I'm not one to really show a lot of things on my physical, but I'd like to share something with you guys because, you know, it takes you going through some things in life to understand the to value what you have. This year, for the second time, I, was te- I tested positive for, for COVID. See, the first time I tested positive for COVID, I was fine. I was part of the group that they call asymptomatic. So I was like, okay, second time testing positive, it's is gonna be the same, but it wasn't the same. So when anyone tells me in the future that there's someone on ventilator, I have a feeling what it, I have an understanding what it feels like. I was not in the hospital, but I almost felt like going to the hospital. I um, remember one time calling someone and he told me, why don't you check your oxygen level? And I was scared because I knew what if I checked it, I knew what it was going to show. My oxygen level dropped down to 93. Not bad, you can still survive. But try climbing a staircase and then you know 93 is a very, is not a very good number. And the first day I decided to check and I saw what it was, until today, every time I breathe I just keep saying thank you Jesus. I might have had an idea what what it means to breathe, but now I understand the value of breathing on your own with no oxygen or no ventilator. Amen. Amen. So I'm here to share this word of um, encouragement with someone here today. Don't wait for something to happen to you to understand the value of what you have. because you might not be alive to say thank you, Jesus. Because if you wait for experiences in life to teach you certain things, you might not have the strength to enjoy the benefits afterwards. Amen? And now you tell yourself, what does this have to do with anything? It has to Something to do very well with the topic I'm going to share with us briefly this afternoon. For the sake of topic, we can call, we can title today's sermon, The Levels of Value in Relationship. Amen? Amen? The Levels of Value in Relationship. Let's open to a very unique book in the Bible that I'm very sure most of us have never read. It's the book of Philemon. So it's a very short book and um, for those who have actual Bibles, if you don't know where it is, go to the index. The table of contents contents and we'll show you where it is. If you have a phone, well, it's going to be straightforward. Just scroll all the way down and you see the book of Philemon. It's one chapter. It's a very, very, very short book. It is after Timothy. It's before Hebrews. So if you scroll all the way, if you flip all the way and you get to Hebrews, just go to chapter 1 of Hebrews and flip one more page and you'll be in Philemon. Amen? Are we together? I'm going to read very fast for us. The values, the levels of value in what? From Paul, a prisoner of the anointed one. I'm going to read him from the Passion Translation. From Paul, a prisoner of the anointed one, Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our precious friend and companion in this work, to the church that meets in his house, along with our dear sister, Athia, and our fellow soldier, Archippus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ pour out his grace and peace upon you. I am always thankful to my God as a reminder, as I remember you in my prayers because I am hearing reports about your faith in the Lord, Jesus, and how much love you have, you have for all his holy followers. I pray for you that the faith we share may effectively deepen your understanding of every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. Your love has impacted me and brings me joy and encouragement for the hearts of the believers have been greatly refreshed through you, dear brother. Even though I have have enough boldness in Christ that I could command you to do what is proper, I'd rather much make an appeal because of our friendship. So here I am, an old man, a prisoner for Christ, making my love appeal to you. It is on behalf of my child, whose spiritual father I became while here in prison, that is Onesimus. Formerly, he was not useful or valuable to you but now he is valuable to both of us. He is my very heart, and I have sent him back to you with, his, with this letter. I would have preferred to keep him at my side so that he could take your place as my helper during my imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. However, I do not want to make this decision without your consent so that your act of kindness would not be a matter of obligation, but out of willingness. Perhaps you could think of it this way. He was separated from you for a short time so that he could have come back forever. Sometimes you have to lose something so that when you receive it again, you will have it forever. Sometimes it takes you understanding, it takes you struggling to breathe, and then when you gain back breathing 100%, now you understand forever the value of what? Oxygen. So if you consider me your friend and partner, accept him the same way you would accept me. And if he has stolen anything from you or owes you anything, just place it on my account. I, Paul, have written these words in my own handwriting. I promise to pay you back everything. To say nothing of the fact that you owe me your very self. So Paul is telling Philemon, if Onesimus owes you anything, put it on my account. But while you're putting it on my account, remember that you owe me your very self. So we don't know who will pay who, but that's fine. Just put it on my account. Yes, my brother, enrich my soul in the Lord. Refresh my heart. No. Yes. Yes, my brother, enrich my soul in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. I am writing to you with confidence that you will comply with my request. And do even more than what I'm asking. And would you do one more thing for me? Since I'm hoping through your prayers to be restored to you soon, please prepare a guest room for me. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in the Anointed One, Jesus, sent his greetings of peace to you. And so does Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my companions in this ministry. May the unconditional love of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, be with your spirit. In verse 25, in New King James or King James, it says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, we saw here that Paul used quite a bit of phrases. He used friend, he used partner, he used brother. Um, the first title I want, the first, me, the first thing I wanted to title today's message was brotherhood. But I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, if I say brotherhood, then I have to add sisterhood. And then if I have to add sisterhood, then I have to add neighborhood. If I have to add neighborhood, then I may be my throwing fatherhood and motherhood and all the rest of the hoods. So I thought about it, and I'm like, no. Let's just retreat and call it the levels of value in a relationship. You can have a brother, but your brother is not in the same brotherhood with you. that someone is your biological brother does not mean you're in the same hood. So what does it mean, brotherhood? A brotherhood is a group or an association where both of you share the same value and are on the same assignment. How many of us have heard of workers' unions? That can be called a brotherhood because they are in the same group and they are fighting for the same cause. For most of us who are in college, we've heard about fraternities and sororities. They are what? Brotherhoods and sisterhoods, because they have the same what? Agenda. But you can have two siblings who don't agree on anything. So they are not in the same hood. They are not together. They share, they are related by blood, but they are not related by assignment. They are not related by purpose. They are not related by vision. And the book of Habakkuk lets us know that two people cannot walk together except they be what? In agreement. So you can have your brother or your family or whoever they are and you try to work on an assignment with them and that assignment will not be fruitful because both of you don't share the same philosophies. So we see Paul here writing to Philemon trying to appeal to him because Paul understood understands who Philemon is. Onesimus was someone who was Philemon's servant and he stole and ran away. And in his running away, he encountered Paul. And Paul mentored him. And Paul became his spiritual father. And now Paul was sending him back to where he came from. See, for some of us and most of us in life, when we find someone like Onesimus who is very dear to us and they endear themselves to us, And they share the same passion and the same vision with us. We never want to send them back to where they came from because now we want to covet them for our own use. And Paul was saying, even though I can compel you to take him back, I'd rather not do that because you too are my brother. I'd rather appeal to you. Tell your neighbor, appeal to them. A lot of us say, he's my brother, she's my sister. Good. But I have a question for you. If you were in trouble, will you still call that person your brother? Understand the level of the relationship between Philemon and Paul. the person you, calls, you, you state is your, your closest friend or your brother if you were to be in jail today and you write a letter telling the person what to do will they obey everything you write in that letter is the person your friend today because of class and status because of what they can gain from you or are they your friend or brother or sister because of where both of you are going to I'm even taking it too far off prison. If you were to lose your job right now, can you still associate with the friends you have around you? If you didn't have the money to go out with them and socialize with them, would they still be with you? If you were to write a letter to them saying, "You know what, I know I'm not working, I am financially stranded right now, but my family is in dire need of some support. Can you send me a hundred dollars? I'm not sure when I can pay you back, but just put it on my account. Will they send you that $100? Paul is in prison. He does not know when he will come out. He's not even sure if he will be released. And you and I know that Paul never left prison. He died in, jail. He died in prison. But he's writing to somebody, put it on my account that I will pay you back. When? seeing the generation today and in the world today that will end up in court. Or my seat on TV as Judge Judy. <laughs> I gave him money, he said he'll pay me back. He has not paid me back, and I need my money back. But your family. We did a women and women's conference this weekend. <laughs> How many of you learned something from it? Woo! So now I want to ask you a question. I'm sure that towards the end, we, 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 we had a lot more questions and a lot more things and, and ideas and things to give towards the end when we're talking about relationship. And the relationship we focused on a whole lot had to do with dating and that tangent. But a level of relationship we didn't really dwell on is the agape level of relationship the unconditional relationship do you have people you can trust with your life around you I trust him I trust her good can you give them a social security number and trust that they will not go and get the credit card in your name and not let you know In verse 24, verse 24, we see here that Paul mentions a name, and that person is Mark. Let me give you a picture of who Mark is. Mark was the person that Paul abandoned, that abandoned Paul. Paul and Barnabas were sent; they were on a mission. Mark followed them, and they came back. and They were going to go on their mission trip again, the second mission trip. and John Mark did not want to go with Paul. Paul did not want to take John Mark, and Barnabas insisted that they must take Mark. and Barnabas left Paul and went with Mark, and that's when Paul went with Silas. In that season is where we heard the song Paul and Silas, they prayed. And if you all don't know the song, when Paul and Silas were in jail and they prayed and they sang, and then the, the heavens came down, the jail the, the, the jail was the jail doors were open, and the, the chains on their hands fell off, and all of that. See, but the real assignment was for Paul and Barnabas. Because you see, when Barnabas went with Mark, we never heard about Barnabas again. Be careful of your brother, and be careful of those that are supposed to be in your hood because if you walk away from your hood, the the world might never hear your name again. Now, let's leave that out. We go back to Mark. You see, Mark and Paul had the disagreement and Barnabas stepped in to go with Mark. Now we find out years later that Mark and Paul have reconciled. But where is Barnabas? Be careful of fighting battles that are not yours. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 15. We see that encounter there. If we go to the book of. Um, if we go to the book of. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, we see here Paul talking about the, the, the importance of Mark to his life. If we go to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, we see here Paul talking about the importance of Mark to his life. Shall I tell you one more thing Paul did and Mark had in common? You want to know what they both have in common? They both wrote letters in the Bible you're reading. The book of Mark after Matthew was written by the same Mark that Paul abandoned. And the same Paul that you're reading also wrote two thirds of the New Testament. If Mark and Paul never reconciled, there will never be a book of Mark in the Bible. Remember I said a brotherhood or a sisterhood is a group or an organization of people who are going what? In the same direction. They have the same purpose. They have the same vision. They have the same ideology. The same way Paul was a writer, Mark was a writer. If that relationship was never reconciled or repaired, what knows would have happened? What What would we know would have happened to both of them? Amen? Amen? The value of what? The levels of value what? Let's take it a step further. So now we see the relationship between Paul and Mark. Let's take it a step further. Jesus had siblings, yes? Do we know he had siblings? Mark chapter 6 verse 3. That was the only person who actually let us know the humanity, the person, the severed, the severed life of Jesus. The same mark that Paul was going to abandon was the only person between the Gospels that let us know that Jesus actually had siblings. Jesus was the first person that, was, that Mary gave birth to. But after that, Joseph and Mary had other children. But here's the thing, and that is why I said there's a difference between your brother. Sister and those in the same brotherhood or sisterhood. When Jesus was being crucified in John chapter 19, where were his siblings? His siblings were not there. Born by the same mother and father, but when Jesus was being crucified, none of them were there. Even his disciples were not there the only person that was there at the cross when Jesus was being crucified was John the beloved. And that is why when Jesus was being crucified he looked at John and he looked at his mother and he said, "Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother." The only person Jesus could commit his commit into commit the person commit his mother into their hand to take care of her take care of her after he was gone was somebody that was not of the same blood as him. proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 the bible lets us know that there's a friend that sticks closer than what there's a friend that does what that sticks closer than a what so who is your friend and are you trying to make your brother or your sister your friend is it? I'm done. (laughs) Amen? Amen? There are levels to relationships. Your father and your mother cannot be your friend. But they can be in the same brotherhood with you. Your brother does not necessarily have to be your friend. So even as we go through the rest of the year 2022, assess the relationships. Take stock of your relationships. Who can you trust your life to? And who do you need to keep certain parts of your life away from? For ladies and guys, be careful of the friends you keep because they might be the ones who will make your husband or your wife t- t- cheat again, cheat, cheat on you. Oh, she's my sister. But you travel on a work trip and somebody is keeping your house warm for you. Yeah. The Lord gives you great ideas and great vision. You share it with the person passionately. This is what God is telling me to do. And by the time you walk away from the room, look at this one. God, they'll speak to you for what? Where are you going to? I beg you have have no, you're useless in life. But when they come in front of you, oh yes, you can do it. Be careful of those who will sing your praise and then stab you on the back when you're not there. If Paul could have Timothy, if Paul could have Mark, if Paul could have Philemon, if Paul could have Onesimus, it means it is possible to have people you can trust with your life. Rise on your feet. us to pray. And the first prayer point is this. Lord, in my life and in my family, help me filter the relationships I have. Father, help me filter the relationships I have. Father, help me filter the relationships I have. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So we've talked about relationships and we've talked about brotherhood. We've talked about vision and being in the same, being in alignment with relationships around you. But the first person that we can have that level of relationship with is Jesus Christ. So if you're under the sound of my voice, and you really would like to have a relationship with Jesus... You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with everything that concerns you. You can trust him with your credit cards and he will not take out debt that you have to pay. In fact, he loves you so much that he paid every debt that you ever owed even before you started owing it. If you really want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior under the sound of my voice, please come out here and meet me. This is not a religious call. Don't see it as part of the rituals of a service. But see this as a moment to start a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.